0: There was never rest within the old covenant system of religion. Why was the work never done? Because the work was never completed. So what do we see? The priest stood daily. He stood daily as a reminder of what they were doing. Again, notice the consequence found in verse 11. Verse 11 says, which can never, last time I checked, never meant never, which can never take away or atone for sins. Do you see this, loved ones, do you see the necessity of the atonement?
1: Hi friends and welcome back to Live in the Light. This week as we prepare our hearts for worship specifically around the cross of Jesus Christ, we thought it best to take a deep and we hope worshipful look at the atonement. It's our prayer and it's our hope that God's word would be so open to you that the realities of the cross and the sacrifice of Jesus will come alive in your hearts and minds maybe more than ever before. Today's message takes us to just that, a consideration of the word sacrifice. Let's join Pastor Robbie in Hebrews chapter 10 now with today's message.
0: Like lives can be changed and hearts can be stirred and minds can be renewed and glory can be given through your life right now as we put away the world and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We have every opportunity right now for that to happen. God, give us hungry hearts and give us humble hearts. Give us hearts of holiness right now as we understand the profundity of what the Lord is explaining to us right now. It's incredibly beautiful. No greater truth. Look at verse 11. And every priest, notice the contrast here, stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly, it says right there. But notice the contrast of verse 12. We'll get to there in a minute, but I just want to see it. In verse 12, it says, and Christ though, Christ sat down. The priest is standing daily, Christ sat down. Now, why is that significant? Remember, in the holy places of the tabernacle, there wasn't even a chair. And the reason there wasn't a chair, listen, under the old covenant, the work was never done. There was never rest within the old covenant system of religion. Why was the work never done? Because the work was never completed. So what do we see? The priest stood daily. He stood daily as a reminder of what they were doing. Again, notice the consequence found in verse 11. Verse 11 says, which can never, last time I checked, never meant never, which can never take away or atone for sins. Do you see this, loved ones, do you see the necessity of the atonement. The atonement was a hundred percent necessary because we cannot take away our own sins. Again, who's here right now? I'm not sure God does. Maybe you walked in here right now. And in fact, I'm positive some did. You walked in here today and you believe if I'm a good enough person, I can remove my sins. No, you cannot. You will never be good enough. God demands perfection. You're like, yeah, but I've been trying really hard, man. It's been a good year so far, 2019, man. I'm on a bit of a roll. That's great. You will never be good enough. There will never be enough good deeds. There will never be enough striving. There will never be enough satisfaction made by your life because we are sinful. And you have to see One of the greatest points of love I can say to you right now is you will never be able to take away your own sins. We are utterly dependent upon a Savior who is greater than ourselves, who can perform the perfect sacrifice that we might be saved from all our sins and therefore gain entrance into glory by not our own merit, by the merit of another, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, again, the Lord Almighty himself. We need atonement. Now consider what the author of Hebrews is doing too as he comes to this stage in the book. I mean, he's he's speaking primarily to Jewish believers and saying, listen, do not leave. Do not leave the new covenant for the old. Man, the old, again, it's passing away. Now consider the context. Consider all the sacrifices in the Old Testament. Let's highlight a few. Let's take Genesis 3 when God kills an animal and puts skins on Adam and Eve to atone for their original sin. Uh, Let's think of uh, Abraham and Isaac and God said to go sacrifice Isaac. At last, a ram is provided and the glory of that moment is the ram is sacrificed and the life is spared. Let's think of the blood on the doorposts of Egypt and that initial Passover and the incredible momentous event that was as God spared his people and as the Egyptians underwent again punishment for their sin, the sacrifice. Let's think of the Old Testament, the uh, thousands and you could say millions of lambs that have been sacrificed through the centuries, in order to be uh, see atonement made for their sins, but in the end, are temporary. The other Hebrew says all those incredible sacrifices, all of them put together, in the end, are absolutely insufficient. They will not ultimately satisfy the Lord. There is a greater sacrifice that needs to take place. All of those other sacrifices, then they are insufficient. All our sacrifices in the end are insufficient because they are of man. We will never gain entrance to heaven, to glory, to salvation on our own. We need a Savior. Now, one of the things I hope you noticed already is in this series, we are going to double down with songs that are so relevant to our series. Um, I've had a bit of a head start on this and I was thinking through this doctrine. My mind is renewed again. I'm very, very excited about it. It's powerful. And some of my favorite hymns came coming up. One of them is Rock of Ages. And and I want you to see how, this is verse two of, of this great hymn. I want you to see how just pertinent this is to us right now. Notice the author of the song says, not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy laws demands. I mean, I could work as hard as I want for my whole life, nonstop, never sleep. I would never be able to perform enough labor to fulfill the law of God, which demands perfection. In fact, I could have a zeal that never knew respite, that I could have unending passion flowing from my life and zeal for God and just never, ever rest from that, but just and continue to give and give and give and give and give. I could cry my face off forever. I could weep and weep and weep and surely say, God, you're seeing my contrition, my brokenness, and my tears. Surely, if I flow tears forever, this will work, but it won't work. Why? Because all for sin, none of these things could ever, now the word's popping out atone. All for sin, these could not atone. Why, why, why? Because you must save. You must save, and thou, and you, and you alone. Only, only Jesus Christ can make ultimate atonement for our sins. See, the insufficient sacrifice of man, but, but now we come to point number two, and here's the good news. It points to the all-sufficient sacrifice in Christ. Look at verse 12 now, Hebrews chapter 10. Ready? Ready? But, that is one of the great buts of the Bible right there. But, notice what When Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins. Again, look at the contrast of verse 11. He sat down at the right hand of God. The astounding power of the atonement. Notice, But when Christ had offered... Now, here's the contrast of what, loved ones? The contrast of the lamb and the goats contrasted with now the lamb of God. Why did John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus coming, he says, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins, who atones for the sins of the world... John the Baptist knew of all the lambs that have gone before in the physical animal sense. Now you have the sacrifice of God. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the sacrifice of God. Hey, young people here today, maybe there's some people in grade six or grade seven, grade eight. Can can, can you answer this question? Why is Jesus Christ called the Lamb of God? Now well, I just kind of gave you the answer, but I, I want you to sit in this uh, 12-year-olds right now. Thirteen-year-olds, fourth. Right now, honest, I, I, I speak to you right now. Could you explain to me why Jesus is called the Lamb of God? You got to know this, man. You got. I mean, you you could say Jesus is called the Lamb of God because He is the sacrifice of God Himself. God sent His Son in the metaphorical sense of becoming a lamb, that when God sacrifices his son, it's a perfect sacrifice. And when Jesus is sacrificed, there is no sacrifices ever needed again because the lamb of God has been slain. And therefore, again, when God's sacrifices is made, there's never a sacrifice needed again. Behold the lamb of God. Young person, can you explain that to me now? Can you write that down and understand that you might know and whether that saves you today or saves you sometime in the future, when you understand you need a savior, you need a lamb. His name is Jesus Christ. And you make sure you take the time to sit here and learn and absorb and love how God could change you in that regard. Notice in verse 12, Christ had offered for all time a single Sacrifice. Look at look at the impact of that truth. Literally, the millions of lambs sacrificed previously. Now, ready one lamb for all time in a single sacrifice. You know, we're getting close to Good Friday, and you think of what happened on Good Friday itself in the original Good Friday. Jesus Christ is dying on the cross at that exact time. Man, on the Jesus just happened to die at Passover. Huh? Imagine that. And at the exact time as he's dying on the cross at Golgotha, just steps away, you have the lambs being slaughtered in the temple and all the blood that is flowing down from that. And yet when the blood of the lamb of God is shed, there will never be needed another lamb ever to be sacrificed again. Because you have the all-sufficient sacrifice of Jesus Christ where sins are atoned for because Jesus became our substitution. Notice also in verse 12, he sat down. Now, circle that if you want to. Contrast that, draw a little line to standing daily in verse 11. I love that. Jesus sat down. Why? Because the work was done. He sat down because atonement had been made. He is our sacrifice. Consider the impact of Jesus sitting down. This is why Jesus said on the cross when he's dying, he says, it is finished. Imagine those words. It is finished. What's finished? Sin has been paid for. Atonement complete. Remember, at that moment, Jesus dies. And a few moments later, the temple curtain is torn from top to bottom. Now, you have to imagine there were some priests working in the temple at that time. And you have to imagine as they're doing their duties and you have a 60 foot high curtain, which is six inches thick, which separates the holy of holies from the holy place, the most sanctified, sacred part of the Jewish people. And you're there on that Good Friday and you got some duties. And all of a sudden this curtain, six inches thick, six stories high, tears from top to bottom. And you're going like, you know, like you you see this happening and you gotta be kind of wondering to yourself, it's like, Wow, that seems like a bit of a big deal. And then, like there's this Jesus guy was claiming to be messiah, and he's out there, and he died, and he said he would come. I know, maybe I should pay attention to that. I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe. And then you have the Roman soldiers standing by the cross of Jesus Christ, and the earthquake, and the and the sky goes dark, and all. that. And he sits there and he says, sure, "Surely, surely, this was the Son of God." And you got to be in that moment. You got to sit there and you look, and you got to say, "Yes, yes." Like Jesus is God. Jesus is Messiah. Jesus is our savior. Jesus is our substitute. Jesus is the one who makes atonement for our sins. He is the all sufficient sacrifice. And therefore access to God is permanently now established at least until Jesus returns again, as we will see in our text today. See what's happening here, man. Amen. Because of the all-sufficient sacrifice of Jesus Christ, he is offering spiritual rest to all who believe. I mean, who's here right now? And you are so restless. You are so miserable. You are so distraught. You cannot find peace. You've been searching your whole life. What Jesus says in Matthew 11, Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. Ready? Here's the promise. And I will give you rest. He says, you come to me and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is not saying, hey, I'll give, you a nice, I'll give you a nice physical nap for a couple hours if you come to me. No, no, no. He's saying, I will give you rest from all guilt. I will give you rest for, he's talking about salvation. I will give you rest for your souls. See again, we can't do it, loved ones. We can't do it. Some of us have been trying way too long on our own to achieve something only Christ can and this is when the music man starts to really explode from the page. I was thinking about the hymn, Jesus Paid It All this week. I want you to see this right here. Look at the words now, and I pray they resonate so strongly for some of you right now that are here. I hear the Savior say, thy strength indeed is small. The Lord says that to some of us right now. He's like, listen, man, your strength will never do it. Stop trying so hard. Do you think you can really overcome? Do you think you can really fix your whole life? You hear the Savior say right now, thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, would you just watch and pray? child of weakness, child of frail, frailty, child of depravity, child of ultimate insufficiency, will you just watch and pray? And will you find out that in me is thine all in all? Will you find out that I'm the sufficient one? I mean, who's he saying that to right now? Who's here right now for that word right now from the Lord? That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you and you know it. And you know it. Stop trying. Stop trying to be the savior. You can't do it. It's impossible. Only Jesus can save. Lord, now, and here's a response of someone who understands. Lord, now indeed I find. I'm done, God. I give up. I surrender. I repent. I need you. Now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leper spots. Parents, stop trying to save your kids. You can't do it. Jesus can You can't change leopard spots. Don't put some makeup version upon a corpse, okay? And pretend that they're in Christ when they're not. Jesus Christ is the one who only can save. Only He can change the leopard spots and melt the heart of stone. He's the one, He's the the sufficiency. And so, of course, the verse of the chorus comes up and says this Jesus paid it all. See, See, here we go. God, lead us to this point. Lead us to this point where everything else is, is just behind us and all the distractions and all the discouragement and all the indifference and we can look up together corporately as His church filled by his spirit and say, Jesus, you paid it all. You, everything I owe to you, everything I owe, everything, everything I owe to you. Sin had killed me. Sin had put me in hell. Sin had left a disgusting stain upon my life. But you, the only part I like about winter is this metaphor right here. But you washed me as white as snow, as pure as the snow is white. My soul has been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ because he is the sufficient sacrifice, Jesus Christ. And just in case you are not already encouraged today, if some of you have walked in faint-hearted and fearful, then verse 13 is for you. Verse 13, I love that it's in here. Notice Jesus sat down in the right hand of God. Why? Waiting from that time. He's waiting right now until his enemies, notice, should be made a footstool. What a great image, huh? A footstool for his feet. Jesus Christ conquered sin and death. He is waiting now for the time where he will return and everyone, everything that opposes him, not the least, which is death itself, will be absolutely and finally destroyed forever in our glorified state (laughs) before the Lord Jesus Christ. You come in here today, you're fearful. You're discouraged. You need to be encouraged. Jesus Christ is waiting. When he returns, every enemy again will find their defeat before him. And because of the atonement, ready? Verse 13 says to you right now and to me right now, it says this, our victory is secured. Our conclusion is written. All enemies will be destroyed. So listen, you take verse 13 right now and with discipline, you apply it to your life. Your circumstances Your difficulties, your trials, your suffering. What I love about this theology, it doesn't matter how bad your life is. I'm not saying I understand. What I'm saying is I understand what this is saying. And what this is saying is, no matter what health crisis you find yourself in, no matter what family situation you find, no matter what work environment you find yourself in, no matter how bad you think the world has become, your reality in the Lord Jesus Christ is this. Jesus Christ is waiting to return to conquer all who oppose him. And if you are on his side, you are absolutely guaranteed victory. You will not lose. You are his, you are his child. You, because you're adopted, then you are no longer a slave to fear. No matter what your circumstance today, you can, with eyes of faith, look at this text, and you can choose to say out loud, today now is another good day, okay? You can choose to do that. Every time I start to go through this myself and say it out loud, it happened last night, it's happening now, I'm speaking truth, I'm renewing my mind, I am telling myself the reality of my victory in Jesus Christ, and that means as awful as I might feel and as fearful as I might be tempted by, because of Jesus Christ, because of my reality, because of my hope, Today, 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 I'm not talking about next week. Right now in Christ, today's an awesome day. Today I am alive in Christ and I will never, ever be taken from him because he has perfected me in his sight. I'm telling you, and more of us need to see that. I, I say these things out loud, maybe not as loud as I just did, but I say these things out loud to myself to remind myself of my reality, and I'm telling you, man, it is one of the greatest blows you can make to Satan when you do that. He is so—he's like, no, no, watch more TV. No, no, check your phone again. Check your phone. No, 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 no. Listen to that—that that crummy music. No, 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 no. Go, no, go, go. He's like, no, 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 no. And the moment you start to proclaim your life in Christ and the gospel, man, his defeat again is pronounced before him, and he has no choice but to flee the situation and run for cover because I read yesterday the light has shone in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it and this is the light of the Lord Jesus Christ listen which is built within the sufficiency of the atonement the opportunity and the power and that takes us to our third point which is this we see this now we're going to apply this to our lives now if we haven't already a sacrifice that makes me perfect makes me perfect Notice by faith by faith, by faith. You know, verse 14 could change your life. Um, some of us right now, we are so guilt-ridden. Some of us right now, we are, um, have succumbed to condemnation, which is false. Some of us right now, we are so discouraged in our sinful struggle, If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, man, you have come today for verse 14. Watch, ready? For by the atonement, the single offering his sacrifice, for by a single offering, Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Lamb of God, ready? Has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. We'll do a little bit of a verb study right here. In verse 12, there's a verb used in the aorist past tense. But when Christ had offered, had offered, that um, recalls an action in the past which has been completed. Christ had done that for us, okay? But then when you see in verse 14, for by a single offering, he has perfected. The verb used there is in the perfect tense. Now listen carefully. The perfect tense means this. It signifies a completed action in the past that has an ongoing effect in the present and in the future. Okay, so what Christ had done for us on the cross by making himself a substitute that reality of his atonement has now performed perfected his children, perfected his believers right now. So what that means, let me break it down right now to us so we can get it for sure, okay? Verse 14 is telling us, if you are alive in the Lord Jesus Christ because of what Christ did for you 2,000 years ago, today you stand in perfect standing before God. You are perfectly justified in Christ as though you have never sinned and as though you have always obeyed. Furthermore, because he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified, you stand before Christ right now in perfect conscience before God. There is no guilt and there is no fear because all sin has been removed in terms of penalty, and you know. Now, here's what I want to say about this too, okay? As I go through verse 14, I will admit to you, as the pastor of this church, I struggle believing this truth. What do you mean by that? I see my sin on a daily basis. And as I was looking at this and I see my struggle and I see the things that I go, I look at verse 14, I'm just like, it's almost like I believe it here, God. But sometimes I don't believe it here. Could you really, am I really perfect in your sight? All my sin, past, present, and the future, all those sins have been paid for on the cross of every single one. I have perfect, there's no guilt ever given by you to me. And the answer, is like, yes, yes. Robbie, because you've done nothing, but Robbie, because of my son, Jesus Christ, and his righteousness, every, every time I look at you, child, every time I see you, I see perfection. I see perfect standing before me, because of the atonement for your sins purchased by my son Jesus Christ, he took every single sin you have ever committed and every single sin you will ever make. And I know, I know, child, it's hard to believe. I know, child, that in some ways you see your own system of justice and you wouldn't forgive yourself. But Robbie, I'm not you. I'm the perfect loving God, and I have declared you to be innocent forever, forever because of my son and his blood. And the longer I sit on that, the more I'm like, I don't deserve that. I don't even come close. I deserve death. And he's like, I know, but I love you. I love you more than you understand. And that's why I saved you. What I want you to do right now is I want you to consider your sin before Christ. I want you to take a moment to remember who you were and honestly, who we are right now. I want you to think of all the times that you have sinned in sexual lust and awful depraved thoughts and actions. I want you to think of all the times that greed overcomes your heart and you love the things of this earth. I want you to consider all the jealousy you feel and the envy that causes you to have bitterness and unforgiveness. I want you to consider the addictions that have devastated your life and those around you. I want you to think about, again, all the times that you have cheated governmental systems or families or at your workplace, all the different levels, again, of abuse and all the sin that comes upon us as we neglect God and love and we choose to worship idols with that. I mean just think of all of this and we go on forever and ever and ever. And all of the, I want you to feel it. All of those have been against the perfect son of God and his glory. All of it. And Jesus says, if you're alive in Jesus Christ right now, he says, I've paid it all. Every single last one. Why do we still sin? We have a perfect standing before God and we are moving to perfect glory in God. In the meantime, we are seeing ourselves grow in the Lord. That's why it says in the text of those who are being sanctified, he is perfected for all time and standing, those who are being sanctified, growing in the Lord Jesus Christ when he returns and all, all will be done. All will be made right. That's the reality. Notice the last verse of Jesus paid it all here. It says it all so well. Here it is, ready? And when before the throne, I stand in him complete because he is perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. I mean, just imagine that moment, stand in him complete, complete, complete. And the only thing we can say, the only thing in the, it's not like, "Yeah, I did so great. No, no, no. Jesus died. Jesus atoned for my sins as my sacrifice on the cross and my lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all.
1: If you'd like to hear this message again or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these free resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. If you'd like to get a copy of the entire series, make sure you phone us at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-225-4448. I'm Craig Turnbull, and on behalf of Robbie Simons, we invite you to join us again next time on Live in the Light.